my name is JJ Holly, and I'm President and CEO of the Woodlands Area Chamber of Commerce and welcome to another edition of Between the Trees. I'd like to thank our sponsor Woodlands, Woodlands Online for helping us put on the show every, every uh, week and today is my pleasure to welcome Mr. Stuart Barrett. He's the Vice President of Customer Service with Intergy. Absolutely. So welcome to the show. Absolutely. Thanks for, uh, thanks for uh, making some time for yeah, us today. No I know you guys are busy and a lot of storms going on even as we speak, yes. so. Yes, we're in, a, uh, we're in an active restoration right now. Oh, well, uh, tell us a bit about uh, you know, yourself and how you got involved with Intergy and a little on your history. Sure, sure. Um, married with three kids, uh, we moved to Texas in 2000 with Entergy. Yeah. Been in, been in the area uh, 20 plus years, working for Entergy 20 plus years. Various degrees of jobs and responsibility, and mm -hmm. at this point I'm customer service and everything external for Entergy Texas. Great. And uh, Entergy's, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, things that happen, disasters and so of that, people wonder, okay, where, who's my energy provider? You know, what areas do you serve? What do they do? Right. So fill us in on what yeah, Entergy does. Yeah, we've had a lot of experience with yeah. natural disasters, right? But um, so, you know, part of Entergy Corporation is we serve customers in four states, Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, and Mississippi. Now, if you take that down to just a Texas focus where we're discussing, so that's about 475,000 customers. We operate in the woodlands, up further north into the town of Cossie, if you're familiar with that, across north of Madisonville, Huntsville, mm -hmm. all the way back to the state line and going south into Port Arthur, Winnie, Port Arthur, Beaumont. And so that's our service territory, and that's a fully regulated entity where we are the sole electricity provider for that area. So very different from the ERCOT market. And so you own, uh, you know, 100% of the the uh, generation and transmission lines, or right. how does that work? Right, so absolutely. So, so the way our model is structured, we own the generator, we own what we call transmission lines or high voltage, and you can see those when you're driving on the interstate mm -hmm. and such. And we take it down to substations, transformers, distribution lines, all the way to the meter to your home. Mm -hmm. We own that full complex system of energy delivery. Entergy owns that uh, in, you know, in totality. And that's mm -hmm. different from a deregulated market where certain companies own pieces of the model yeah. and have to all coordinate. And I think that makes us a lot more efficient, especially uh, when we come to delivery and, and pricing of of energy. It does. It does help us that we're fully regulated, right? So some of the things you'd think about in the winter storm were high price bills or people riding a wholesale market. We don't have those situations yeah. where we operate. And secondly, all of our costs are fully regulated, so they need to be captured and reviewed. And that inherent process reduces volatility to customers because it's going to be spread out over time and you're not going to have an immediate bill the next month for $10,000 or things like that you've seen in the news. And we've heard about that. That's yeah. right. But that's not in the energy market. No, doesn't apply. Now, in uh, around the Lake Conroe area, you just had, and this is a kind of a saving grace for all of us, but a, a new power plant that's yeah, been built. It, yeah, we're real excited about that. Um, it's called the Montgomery County Power Station. It's about a thousand megawatt plant, mm -hmm. 30 minutes up, you know, 45 here in Willis. We have a, a plant that was built there in the 70s called Lewis Creek. Mm -hmm. That's two units, about 250 each, so about 500 megawatts there. And now we have the newest, latest, and greatest technology sitting there mm -hmm. at 1,000. So um, this new larger plant is twice the size of 
the Lake Creek, the older plant. The Lewis Creek, right. And, the Lewis Creek, right. yeah. And it's in addition to, right? So that Lewis Creek is not going anywhere. So now we have 1,500 megawatts yeah. there. The other part is, you think about the natural disasters the area's been through. Mm -hmm. We didn't have Montgomery County for Laura, and we had that event. We can talk mm -hmm. more about that. Yeah. And then since then, we brought that Montgomery County plan online early, and it contributed to the restoration effort of the winter storm. Yeah. Now, uh, through uh, the, the winter storm, which we'll uh, get into more details on in, in a minute, uh, I kept hearing about this or organization called uh, MISO yeah. and how it uh, helped to regulate the energy transmission. It does. Or? It does, yes. We call it MISO. It's the Mid-Continent Independent System okay. Operator, right? But what, what their job is is to oversee the transmission grid. And if you think about the transmission grid, it is kind of the highway system before you get into a neighborhood, mm -hmm. right? Who's managing the traffic on the highways, right? And it's more than just the Woodlands or Entergy, Texas. It's the entire Eastern Interconnect. The responsibility for MISO goes from the Gulf Coast, the Entergy area, mm -hmm. all the way up to the you know, north into Canada. That reliability coordinator has operators operating 24-7 to manage the line flow right, mm -hmm. to not have detrimental effects of overloading. And when you have natural disasters, they have to coordinate with the local utility, mm -hmm. ETI, to figure out what's the way to manage through that disaster. Um, so MISO oversees it. When they see a problem, then they're the ones who call for the reduction or mm -hmm. the last, you know, what we like to say, option of last resort yeah. to save the system. And when you think about load shed, load shed is really you reduce the usage and then you start to try to rotate so as many customers can get what's mm -hmm. available as you build back your load based on whether generation or transmission becomes yeah. available. So Entergy through MISO is tied in with electrical grids outside of the state of Texas. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, we, so we, we've talked before about uh, Texas has its own grid, correct. but that's just in some parts of the state. It's about 90% of the state is its own grid, mm -hmm. the term ERCOT, right? That's the, the overseer of that grid. Um, we are connected to the Eastern Interconnect, and so we're governed by the RTO and, mm -hmm. and federal, you know, jurisdiction. When you say RTO? Regional Transmission Organization. Got that's it. really kind of what MISO operates as, right? We're Got maintaining it. the transmission grid. Mm -hmm. On the other side, you have El Paso Electric, and they're connected to the Western Interconnect, right? But the majority of Texas is ERCOT standalone transmission system. Mm -hmm. We are not part of that. We, we, we butt up right next to it. And that's probably another advantage of Entergy versus ERCOT is you do have those tie-ins to other electrical grids that that help during times we do, of need. Yeah. It's just different. If it, It's a different model, right? There's mm -hmm. pros and cons for each. We think sure. that connected to that to the rest of the interconnect allows us to import capability and help our customers both economically and reliably. Yeah. So let's turn our attention to the, the great freeze in February uh, that was, uh, uh, you know, once in a decade plus uh, event, okay. seems like. Hopefully and we're longer. in no hurry to get another yeah. one of those. Yeah. So what did happen? Because it, traditionally in, in southeast Texas, we're used to hurricanes. And hurricanes really affect the, the lines to your house, the transmission lines. But, uh, but fr uh, the, the storm, URI, the, the freeze was different. Yeah, certainly different type of disaster. I would tell you that hurricanes affect generation, transmission, distribution, right, all yeah. of it. On the freeze, it was the same thing. What combination of factors 
compromised our ability to carry the load through that event, right? So you think about a generator that had high winds, freezing rain, mm -hmm. cold temperatures combined to compromise that unit. And then we had to go and either thaw it out, right? Add additional protection, get it back running. We did that within the same day. Mm -hmm. The storm hit on a Monday morning. But by that time, if you think about loads, loads were at all time highs, right? So the temperatures- people were heating their homes. And, right, they're using more, yeah. right? And then that combination with those three elements of weather, we had to reduce the load to maintain the integrity and not sustain a larger, longer outage. And then we had to build it back. And mm -hmm. that took us two days. Now there was also storm damage, right? Ice on lines, broken poles, yep. that kind of thing that our, our linemen are still out doing mm -hmm. while we're trying to balance generation and the load so that we can add everybody back as soon as possible. Yep. And what kind of challenges did you run into with building that generation back so, up? So, you know, think about, you know, the. When you, when you call for load shed, think about it as you know, a power strip and you're unplugging a bunch of appliances, right? You just pull them out as quick as you can. Okay, now you gotta add them back. Well, you can't just add them all at once. Mm -hmm. So you gotta build it back. So you add the first one, whatever device that is, is gonna start to use, the motors are gonna turn, mm -hmm. it's gonna balance out, then you add the next one. So, you, so it's faster to save the system than it is to re-step the load back in so that everyone's energized. Yeah. And that's a very coordinated process between the, the generators, the oversight for the transmission system, MISO, yeah. and our own, what we call DOC or distribution operators and transmission mm -hmm. operators. We have to coordinate that back and energize all of the main lines. And then if there's additional damage, we have to fix it, right? That you may get a neighborhood energized, but a certain section has a bad transformer now. Yeah. You gotta go change that. And we've all heard a transformer blows on the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, or, you know, so that thing happens. And when you have cold loads, it complicates that restoration so it makes it slower. As you energize, now the cases come in. Now we gotta roll a truck. Now we gotta fix it. Now we're gonna energize you again. Yeah. Right. Same kind of, same kind of approach. It's very methodical in order to build it back responsibly. And if we don't do that, we could go from days without power to weeks or even longer. Yeah, yeah, and that's. I agree. We're avoiding a cascading effect where you have to take plants offline, mm -hmm. and then they have to cool down. Then they have to start back up. So we avoided. And it's longer. literally not like flipping a switch on to get that plant it is going not. again. And they're so big and, and, and you know, um, delicate, you need to stage it in. Whether you're mm -hmm. turning it off or turning it on, it's a process. Mm -hmm. So it's not just flip the switch. And uh, so the winter storm complicated, uh, it, was, it was the perfect storm because it complicated everything. You had issues with roads being open right. uh, because of the freezing rain. Mm -hmm. And the freezing rain is really what got us, that inches yes. uh, upon inches of of, of uh, freezing rain that just accumulates. Right, so, so remember this, right? So we live and work in the area. All of us mm -hmm. were affected by the storm. Yeah. And so in order to get, to get in my car, to be able to go to work, we had to you know, break the ice off of that. So think about that in a large structure, Yeah. right? Things are icing over that would never normally ice over. And so we had to go thaw that out with heaters, right? Insulate it, mm -hmm. and then bring the unit back on. Um, what, what's I get a lot of questions on, well, it doesn't happen in the Northeast, right? Yeah. So let's talk about that. In the Northeast, the weather, the winter weather is more typical. You may put a unit in a building and mm -hmm. protect it from that type of cold weather and freezing rain. If you do that, 
then you're in the summer and we're 100 degree temperature and things are overheating, it would complicate that. So yeah. you need a, you know, where we operate in our area of the country, we need to be able to do both, yeah. right? And whether you bolster more winterization, which we could do, then you got to be ready for when when the summer comes, right? Which is what we typically have. Yeah, you can't just winterize everything because August is right it. around the corner. Exactly. So you need flexibility. So what are some things that you're doing to uh, prepare those plants and or transmission lines for, uh, you know, for another freeze that might happen? Yeah, Not so to mention the other natural disasters that... Yeah, so it's really bolstering, right, what, that freeze protection, right? So mm -hmm. it's insulation, heat tracers, additional portable heaters, all these things you do. And now that you've learned where the, the points that need to be addressed are, we're in mm -hmm. a better position that we know additionally what insulation needs to be put in for a winter event and mm -hmm. removed, you know, for the rest of the summer. Yeah. So it's a balancing act of how you apply those uh, remedies. And we also heard of, uh, so we've got other sources that, that power the generation, right? We've got natural gas. Yeah. We've got supplementary sources like uh, wind and solar. How did that play into the, so, the yeah. Fury Storm? So Entergy Texas's portfolio is mostly natural gas, okay? Uh, we were fortunate in the winter storm that we didn't have, we had scarcity of natural gas, but we mm -hmm. were able to acquire it, and mm -hmm. we didn't have the compression stations go out. So we were able to get the fuel to get our plants online. So once we were able, I think it was about four o'clock that day, mm -hmm. we were able to turn those units back on and we were flowing gas and we had to manage that through the rest of the week. Yeah. Um, renewables, we don't have a lot of that in our portfolio. We do have two um, installations that are up for approval at the PUCT today. But again, in that winter storm and the ice and snow, they weren't as useful as they will mm -hmm. be in the summer months. And those are a good supplement. Yeah. Uh, and that's great supplement, to have right. some, some diversity of, of, of supply. Absolutely. But you're really more dependent on that natural gas. Yeah. And, and, and you know, as a utility, we're going to be conscious of renewables, and we want them in our portfolio. But mm -hmm. we also need to balance that with reliability, and so natural gas helps us do that. Yeah. So what are some things with hurricane season just around the corner that Entergy typically does? Because that's where we're... You know, we're used to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hate to say we're used to it, but yeah. it, we, we uh, predict that's going to happen. So what are some things that Entergy is doing to prep for the coming hurricane season? Yeah, so, so every May we have a storm drill, right? And what we do is we have an incident command structure with assignments. And so whenever a major storm is forecasted to even be potentially affecting our mm -hmm. area, we all have a position in that, in that structure and a responsibility, whether it's bringing crews in, mm -hmm. housing those crews, communications with customers, all those assignments are, are predetermined, and then we exercise the people in those positions so that if a storm does come, they know what they need to do and when to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And when we start watching what's in the Gulf, we're already moving. We're yeah. already checking mutual assistance. We're already looking for hotels, depending on where it could go, and then we can shift as the storm shifts we're able to do that. We, since we have such experience in it, um, we have some, some good ex, uh, tenured people that can help us, but mm -hmm. we also have new people come in, and so that's what the drill's about. The drill's about, okay, you now have this duty for the next week or two. What are wow. you gonna do about it, right? So we just finished that Monday. Um, back on the hurricane, right? So mm -hmm. devastation for Laura, during Laura. Didn't have the Montgomery power plant, so that would have helped us tremendously. Oh. All those lines 
have been rebuilt to a higher wind rating than, than ever before. Mm -hmm. So we feel good about the transmission system, the generation system, and the distribution system as we go into this next season. Yeah. Well, that's great stuff to hear. And, and having gone through some hurricanes, and we've all been without power for days, I know mm -hmm. when you start to see the trucks roll into your neighborhood, yeah. uh, we all get <laughs> very excited. Yeah. Uh, and, and there are crews that come up from all over the country to, yeah. to help us out. Yeah, that's right. We do mutual assistance, right? So times when other utilities are uh, needing resources, we will send ours. Mm -hmm. And then when we need them for an event like that, or like a Laura, where 7,000 external linemen come in, wow. we're moving those trucks ahead of time, placing them strategically. In and that's a, a huge lo logistical effort. Absolutely. I Absolutely. mean, housing, feeding them, getting them here. Right, right. And that's part of what the drill is, right? We assume a high-level storm, so just think category four. Mm -hmm. How many people can we house? What's the capacity of the hotels? Do we need to stand up a staging area where we have housing and food, mm -hmm. bring them in, get them dispatched, restore everything safely, and get home safely? Oh. That is that is what the drill is about. And so I guess the, the, the good news about all this, uh, and again, you, you feel like whenever you lose power, you just come back to the Stone Ages. You know, everything yeah. we use our phones uh, and even even charging our vehicles right. uh, we're all dependent on that power grid right. uh, it's it's uh, I think it's encouraging to hear that uh, we've learned some great lessons through URI we've mm -hmm. learned uh, a uh, years and years of lessons through hurricanes we've got uh, a plan in place that was that's been tested and we've got uh, upgrades to both the generation and the transmission the lines yeah. to the infrastructure yep. to mm -hmm. try to prepare and and, uh, and and weather that storm that's that's going to come. Yeah, I, what what I would say is I feel good about where we are, but you know every storm is unique, right? True. And and so you have to think about personal planning, whether it's for your business or your residents. What are you going to do if mm -hmm. we are out of power? you know, multiple days, right? We, we plan for the worst mm -hmm. and we hope that no one loses power and just know that, you know, every man and woman on this, in this company is fighting hard because we can't rest, no one rests yeah. until the power is restored for all. Yeah. So our customers and our, and our commercial customers can help us by thinking through what they would do to get through that period yeah. as we're moving a bunch of crews into the right area and mm -hmm. solve, you know, and sometimes it average. takes a while for them to be able to get in and get access because, you know, ice storm in, inhibits the roads, right. down trees, right. all those things Mobility are in the way. Mobility challenges, right? And yeah. then depending on where it is, you can't send them in to the point of landfall. Yeah. So then they're going to have to move in and drive in, right? Then, then housing and sleeping is yeah. you don't want them too far away because they're traveling back and forth the whole mm -hmm. time. So that, that, the, that is the balancing act that we go through for each and every storm we participate so, in. What are some things that we can do with our homes and businesses just to get prepared for that potential loss of power? Yeah, so first thing I would think about is, you know, what would you do? Would you need to leave? That's one option, mm -hmm. right? What is your evacuation route? What is your destination? Mm -hmm. Think through those things. We do it for our employees, and what happens with our employees, like my family, I would tell them, okay, y'all are going, because mm -hmm. I'm going to be busy working. I don't get <laughs> yeah. the choice to go with you. And so we would dispatch them early. Right. Yeah. Just go ahead and go. Now, if that's not an option, then you think about batteries, flashlights, weather radio, mm -hmm. charging devices, whether you're going to use your car or not. And, and make sure you have a sustainable plan to give us time to get that outage mm -hmm. resolved where you are, depending on the, the level of the storm.
And so a lot of us have bought portable generators or some people have household uh, right. generators. Uh, what are some things we should be cognizant of if you've got a portable generator and yeah, making sure. sure you're safe, but it powers the things that you need? Right. So the so best you got to do without like maybe the air conditioner or. Yeah. So a couple of things, right? Safety first, mm -hmm. right? You always want to make sure you're, you're wired correctly. You hire an electrician and when you hook up your generator, you should be shutting off the main so that it's not back feeding to our system because then that's the dangerous part for our line guys. They need to test that and they do, but you always want to make sure you're isolating from the grid right okay. if you're going to do that so proper installation mm -hmm. and then if you're going to and then where you run it right too many times in the winter storm and hurricanes we hear about people running in a garage yeah and then they die of carbon monoxide right yeah. so those kind of things are safety first and i would think about that first is like how do i do this safely if i'm going to try to get power you mm -hmm. know for a temporary period of time um and so those are the things we, we always reinforce in our customer messaging, even before the storm starts. Yeah. Is We're already starting to see the messaging right now, yeah. so that's great. That's good. That's good. One other part on that, if, if, if you want to make sure you go to myentrity.com, look at your account, update your contact information. Make sure we have your latest information, email, you know, text, or phone call, or yeah. you can choose any combination of that, but let us... Let's make sure we have the right information so that when we broadcast messages, mm -hmm. you're able to get that. And that, that is one thing I want to talk about is how Entergy communicates with its customers. And you have an excellent uh, mobile app. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of things, right? The mobile app is very useful because you can see your status, even if you're not home. Mm -hmm. It'll tell you the current status. It'll tell you your usage in the last seven days. And we'll talk some more about AMI mm -hmm. meters. But, and so then... Once, once you have the app and you can see where you are, you can see build projections, you can see usage, it also allows you to have your information updated. And we, mm -hmm. we start out with, you know, preventive messages like, hey, make a plan. The storm's coming. The winter yeah. storm's coming. The hurricane's in the Gulf. Um, so we do that. We'll text it. We'll do social media. We'll do interviews. We'll do, uh, you know, uh, updates with our elected officials. So we mm -hmm. do, we have a communication group that spans all these options to try to get people information ahead mm -hmm. of time, during, and then after. One, one thing about during, once the storm hits, people want to know when I'm going to be back, yeah. right? And part of the process that we talk in the incident command structure is we dispatch scouts, and they have to log the, the extent of the damage, mm -hmm. right? So you may see a broken pole, okay, and you think that needs to be fixed, and I'm on. Well, m maybe not. Maybe the substation's out, too. So then yeah. we have a coordinated process to do that, so you got to give us time to get that assessment done, and yeah. then we put out, okay, these areas have the extensive damage, they're going to be longer than the ones with less, and that's part of the restoration process yeah. that we, we do every time. Well, I, I know when something hits, uh, I mean, I've seen it personally that uh, you guys are all hands on deck, 24-7, yeah. yeah. and you're doing the best you can to to get us all back online and back to our right. normal lives as soon as possible. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. You know, we, we get people who, who think, oh, I got turned off and forgotten about it. No. That doesn't happen. We're not forgetting about you, right? It's a mm. process to get to it. And no one of the storm response team will rest until we're all yeah. back on, right? And then we do lessons learned. So, uh, and just to uh, start wrapping up, uh, what, how is Intergy, because, uh, we engage from the chamber with, with you guys quite a bit, but how are you guys involved in the community and 
What are you guys doing there? So, so a couple things. On, on, um, you know, we pride ourselves on working and living in the communities we serve, mm -hmm. right? And so we're heavily involved in community and uh, activities, right? Mm -hmm. Food bank, you know, different options we have, and then we also have a contributions committee where we mm -hmm. put money behind that commitment, and we help nonprofits, right, mm -hmm. obtain some of the things they're trying to do to help our community. We're we're only successful if we're helping our customers in our communities be successful. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to mention on resiliency, right, and you start to think about generators and, and, and making it through an event like a natural disaster. We are currently have a filing at the PUCT for backup generation for commercial customers. And what that is called for us, we, we term that product uh, power through, and what it basically is is a backup generator served by natural gas, not diesel, not oil, mm -hmm. And then the first call on that uh, load, if there's an outage event, is the commercial customer. Where we see additional benefit is, if that's not the case, 98, 99% of the time, you're taking power from the grid. If there's a need for generation, we can dispatch that unit on and, and generate revenue through MISO. Mm -hmm. So that, that business proposition and that filing and tariff is up to be approved by the commission this year. Um, if that's the case, then we will start offering that product, which will increase resiliency mm -hmm. during a natural disaster like we've is that, is that uh, I've heard the term micro-cell. Is that similar to that? or? Yeah, it's maybe micro-grid. Micro-grid, right? micro sorry. Micro-grid, right? Yeah. Same concept, right? Mm -hmm. Is you have a local generator, just like you would on a home, mm -hmm. but it serves a, you know, a bigger need, like a grocery store that's yeah. serving water and ice, yeah. and we, the community benefits from that. Mm -hmm. So it's the same concept, and so that is becoming more prevalent in the industry, yeah. and we're looking for ways to capture that for our customers. And those microgrids really help the overall supply because you don't have to worry about bringing those guys back online as you try to get the yeah, residents back online. Yeah, it becomes a part of the equation, right? Yeah. They, we yeah. know they're on, you don't want to leave them on the most, you know, the long time because that's not the most efficient way, an economic way. Yeah. But you do, you know, you do know. But in a pinch. Yeah. You run them, yeah. and then you and then you put them back on the grid. Any other time that that it's available and, and can be used, when mm -hmm. the utility would dispatch, yeah. right, to the benefit of the customer. Okay. So, uh, what is the if I'm a residential or a business customer, what's the best way for me to get information from Entergy and and uh, and, and contact you guys and find out about all uh, all the services that you have and the ways of communicate? Yeah, so so we have websites for that stuff, right? Entergy.com. Then you can mm -hmm. go down, drill down to Texas. You'll see pages on there. That's also where our outage viewer is. So mm -hmm. if you want to know, hey, what section am you know am I on? Am I out? Mm -hmm. or not. And how big of an area it is. How big of an area, you know, you can see that kind of information. You, we also have pages that describe what those services are and mm -hmm. when we think they'll be available once they're approved. Yeah. Well, Stuart, thank you for all the work that you and Entergy does for sure. all of us because uh, uh, we really miss the electricity and appreciate you whenever it goes out. Yeah. No, and uh, you're welcome. You know, we, we take it as a part of a passion. It's yeah. more than just a job. We know uh, we definitely. know what it means to us. We know yeah. what it means to our customers. And, and you're so out as well. When we're out, you're out. Yeah, we were out for 13 and hours. And you're probably getting, the, yeah, getting yeah. the wife calling you. So, hey, uh, uh, come on. You work there. Help, <laughs> help, help get, turn the lights back on. But just know this. We won't. We will not rest until everyone's back on. That, yeah. is, that is the charge we have, and, and we do it safely and reliably. Right. Well, thank you for being a partner of the Chamber and the community and Absolutely. just all the services you guys provide. We appreciate Absolutely. it. You're welcome.
And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Between the Trees. Again, my name is J.J. Hawley. I'm President and CEO of the Woodlands Area Chamber of Commerce. And we'd like to thank our partner, Woodlands Online, for all the help they do in producing the show every week. Thank you. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.